0: Captain's Log, Stardate, minus 312957.79. While exploring the Gamma Quadrant, I am reminded of an ancient Earth tradition where families would gather together and listen to special holiday editions of Miscast. Captain, we're getting a
1: message from the Admiral.
0: What is that, Ensign?
1: No, no, I'm, I'm Commander.
0: No no you're you're in you're an ensign. I don't want to um. be an ensign. I should be the commander of the podcast. We, the commander's too close to captain, and I'm the captain, what? so you have to be below me further. You're the ensign. I don't I fine, I'm joining the marquee. They they lose, you know.
1: Oh dude, spoilers. Let's just start the podcast. Alright. Well she got warped drive, And she
0: got speed. She packed the gun kind of fire
1: Lose I'm your host, Jonathan Crummit. And I'm the very upset Johnny Dollar, Commander Johnny Dollar, the Maquis, Captain me my own ship. I'm going to make you the yeoman. I don't want to. That's not even a real thing. That is a totally a real thing. I guess it was yeoman Rand? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome. I'm going to give you Tasha Yar's position. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to our special holiday edition of Miscast, the Miscon podcast. And as people all around the world are coming together to celebrate friendship and holidays and whatever they personally believe. Jonathan and I are doing what we do on the holidays, which is gather together with our, our close friends and yell at each other because they're fans of a different science fiction franchise that we don't like as much as our own personal science fiction franchise. That's right. So this episode is Star Trek versus Star Wars. Dun dun dun. It was originally going to be Battlestar Galactica versus Battlestar Galactica versus Battlestar Galactica in 1985. But I don't think people would want to listen to us for a 30 minutes talk about that.
0: That, and there's all this trending
1: on the internet right now by with uh, Star Trek versus Star Wars, so you know, let's go off of that. Yeah, George Takei made that hilarious video about joining together to fight the real enemy. That's correct, which would be Twilight. Well, I agree, we should not suffer that.
0: i like to point out, though, that I asked the question on the MizCon Facebook page about which side you are on before his answers so all of you people that emailed taking his side, your argument's invalid because you're just saying what something some comedian
1: already said. Which is basically what we do anyway. But That's true. So let's go ahead and, and get started. And a personal question, what do you prefer, Jonathan, uh, Star Trek or Star Wars?
0: Okay, so I thought about it really quickly when I first saw all the YouTube videos coming out with Shatner and Fisher. And I think if you went source material what they originally were, I would lean Star Wars. Because that was the first, like I said in a previous podcast, first movie I ever saw was Empire Strikes Back. You know, I was, uh, saw Star Wars before I saw any Star Trek going on. So I think, if you look at, yeah, at the beginnings, Star Wars. However, if you look at what the franchises have become. Sure. Now I gotta go Star Trek. Like right now, I would love another Star Trek series to start. I don't care if I have to see anything more Star Wars.
1: Okay, I see what you mean there. And I agree because you know, when you're a kid, you, you love Star Wars. Star Wars is, is cool. I'm not saying the Star Wars is bad. It has become, I think, in some cases, I mean, there have been some silly decisions, but there's, I mean, still good stuff about Star Wars. Uh, the Clone Wars TV show, that's an excellent television program. It starts out a little rough, but it's absolutely compelling. I'm nodding my hair in case you can't hear it. <laughs> they can hear it. You got that bolt in your neck. Yeah.
0: Ka-chonk, ka ka
1: uh, I, I think this might be a very boring debate because I, I think I would say Star Trek overall, too. And one of my earliest memories, uh, you had your memory of going to see uh, The Empire Strikes Back, one of my earliest memories uh, was watching Star Trek, the original series, with my mother. Obviously not when it originally aired. I don't even think my mom may have been alive when that was originally airing. <laughs> uh, but but I, I just remember sitting down and watching it and then later on, because I was at the time when, you know, The Next Generation, I was young when that was first coming on, and my mom would say to me, John, do you, do you want to watch Star Trek? And I would say, Mom, only, only if it's the one with Captain Kirk. I don't like that other guy. Engage. <laughs> it was the other guy. Uh, probably Jean-Luc Picard. Which mm-hmm. is, is, I think, the analogy that I want to use now is Bob Dylan and Elvis. Because when you're a kid, you love Elvis. Elvis is cool. I mean, he's got this swagger about him. And then you get older, you get into college, you start you know thinking, and you become more of a Bob Dylan fan. And that's what Kirk and Picard really is. Is that, do you love sort of the basic beginnings of it, like the unbridled sort of sexiness of Elvis, or is it the thinking man's Jean-Luc Picard? Make it so, number one.
0: So what is, what who who would Sisko uh, be then? Probably Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Parliament <laughs> Funkadelic, George Clinton. I, I I really do, of all the Star Trek captains, I, I love Benjamin Sisko. Probably because he had the toughest job of any Starfleet captain, is that he's on the space station where a whole planet thinks of him as like a huge religious figure. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the Federation is not too keen on him violating the Prime Directive that way, but he made some very difficult decisions. But he still took by his, his scruples, by his morals, and sure, he irradiated that planet that one time to get back at his old security officer, but all in all, I think he was, I think, the best captain because he had to work for the most, and we saw him as a commander. Star Trek Deep Space Nine is the working man's Star Trek. The
0: episode where he has to leave the station and gives the, you know, the MacArthur-like... You know, I will return speech uh, gives me
1: goosebumps. It's just awesome. It's good. Uh, So talking about Star Trek a lot. I mean, we're nerds, and I think that Star Trek nerds get sort of a a bad rap because Star Wars nerds are also cool. Boy, I'm kind of backpedaling here. I I don't want to insult anybody because I do like Star Wars, don't get me wrong. I've read the books. I've watched the TV shows we just established there. I have all the movies on DVD, although I haven't watched three of them you guess which ones (laughs) but I feel that on the whole Star Trek is a series that has evolved well I wasn't the biggest fan as you know of Voyager and Enterprise I I think that it's sort of a a better way of saying you know especially in the 60s hey the future isn't going to be terrible you know here's a ship where we have all the races of Earth coming together plus ones from other worlds to work towards a common goal and Occasionally meet Space Abraham Lincoln and fight Genghis Khan with some Vulcans <laughs> on a planet. What's, what's your favorite episode of, of any of the Star Treks? Of any of the Star Treks. Uh, my favorite episode,
0: <clears throat> I'm going to go back to Deep Space Nine again. And I think it's called In the Cards or something like that. Not cards in Cardassians, but as in baseball cards. <laughs> and there was an episode where it was like right before the Dominion War starts and you have the Vorta on Deep Space Nine. and Played I by think Jeffrey Combs. I hate the Borta. Anyway, basically though, Jake is trying to get this baseball card for his dad. Okay, sure, I remember that one. And if I remember correctly, there was like a lot of favor trading in it or something like that. And then and everybody by the end of the episode came out happy. Even the bad guys were kind of (laughs) happy and content at it. And it just had this, I don't know, let's shake hands on the playing
1: field and I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. My favorite episode, I think of all, I mean, there's a lot of great Deep Space Nine episodes that I love, uh, like The Visitor, and uh, the Magnificent Ferengi, and Little Green Men love the Ferengi episodes, but uh, my favorite of all time would probably be the one that Harlan Ellison wrote for the original series, City on the Edge of Forever, which I think was either the last or second-to-last episode of the first season, and it's just a very powerful, like, really great uh, episode where they are able to... Stricken Veil. I mean, a lot of it had to get cut. Like, in the original script, there was a whole subplot about drug abuse on the Enterprise. And one of my favorite things that Harlan Ellison like, still complains about to this day, and he complains about a lot of things, is in his script he wrote about how you know, they walk out from, from the gateway and look upon this great uh, series of, of runes, R-U-N-E-S. And the production designers didn't quite get it right. So if you watch the thing, they walk out and there's a ruined city, like like columns falling <laughs> over. That'd probably be my favorite. Now, on the flip side, what's your favorite Star Wars movie?
0: That's a tough one. Uh, there's only
1: really three you can choose from. There either. are, th- yeah. Or, I'm, about I'm the hol- not going with the, the first three. What maybe. about the, hol- hol- uh, the Holiday Special? I, I've not ever seen the Holiday Special. You've never special. seen the Holiday you know about it?
0: There was a Holiday Special... Oh man, Star Wars? it's
1: it's like the holy grail of, of internet Were there movies. misfit well, androids or whatever? The whole plot was, it was on like one of the networks, and it takes place between uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Did they sing? Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's this part at the very end where Carrie Fisher, who looks stoned out of her mind, is like singing words to the Star Wars theme song about holidays. The whole plot is, it takes place on Kashyyyk, uh, Chewbacca's homeworld, and the Empire has a blockade around it, but Chewie's trying to get home for Wookiee Life Day. Because his wife and and son Chewie had a wife and son. Oh yeah, I guess even the expanded universe, his son's name is Lumpy or something. Who became like a great pilot. That sounds me turning my geek card because apparently I don't know anything about science fiction. And there's it's it's like there's this weird show with comedy that wasn't even that funny. And there's this really weird scene, and I'm not making this up. I wish I could. You can find clips of it on YouTube where uh, Lumpy like is sitting on hit or not Lumpy. I think it's scratchy. Like they all have, like names like that, but they're waiting for Itchy. Chewbacca to get home for for Wookiee Life Day, and Chewbacca's father is sitting on his comfortable chair, uh, watching Jefferson Air. No, wait, Jefferson would be at this point. Jefferson Starship on hollow video, and then watch watches holographic pornography. Like, I wish that that's like my funny way of saying well, it's not really that, but is it is literally what happens in this. And then there's a weird cartoon that introduces Boba Fett for some Boba Fett that ever been seen. And then there's this whole big musical number with B. Arthur as the bartender at the Moss Isley Canteen. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's on the internet. It was... I'm I'm sitting here trying to imagine Chewie singing, like,
0: Christmas carols, like... Wow. Wookiee life day carols, <laughs> life day carols, and yeah. it
1: introduced uh, Wookiee cookies. Wookiee cookies, holiday Wookiee cookies. They need to bring those back. And it had everyone. It had Mark Hamill, uh, Harrison Ford, looking very embarrassed. Even I think they had clip uh, stock footage of Darth Vader with someone's voice who wasn't Darth Vader doing the voice. You have to see if you can find a copy. Someone who wasn't James Earl Jones. It is. It is absolutely bananas. Uh, I think I've heard enough. I, I think so. You have to. You only have to experience it. I like. I can't tell you what it is you have to experience it for yourself it's like the force that way so what's your favorite star wars movie getting back on
0: oh if that's what you asked me <laughs> that I, is still, what I asked i is.
1: still haven't decided you've still got wookie cookies no that, i think
0: it. you know despite despite people kind of knocking the ewoks and all and i i think we'll have to go return of the jedi and it was kind of funny it just reminds me of this total side story at home this does relate hold on at home when when we eat dinner or whatever we usually in our our living room watch something on netflix so i have i sit on the couch have my plate on the coffee table that i'm leaning leaning over and so our pug will sit between the couch and the coffee table like right underneath me waiting for me to drop something i'm like wow my dog employs the same methods as a sarlacc pit
1: (laughs) I will say that uh, when I was a kid, like with my action figures and little, like, micro-machines, like small ships, because I had a huge collection, I probably still do at my parents' house in storage. I, I used to reenact that last battle, uh, the last Death Star run with all the ships. I loved that on screen. I-, I wish I could go back and be a child again and just experience that for the first time. I remember watching that scene with you know, all the weird ships that, you know, like, well, that's not an X-Wing, that's something cool, and it was, you know, the A-Wing later on. Right. An Admiral Ackbar. It's a trap! who became such a meme, but he's such a cool character. <laughs> and just that battle at the very end, like, there's that weird, like, three-way battle on uh, on the forest moon of Endor with mm-hmm. Han and Leia, you know, and the Ewoks, which I have problems with. And then, you know, there's the battle with, you know, Luke and his father and uh, Emperor Palpatine and spoilers in case... You know, you might not like the Ewoks, but at least they... Ewoks did die! One Ewok died. <laughs> well, Jar Jar never died. <laughs> In this version of the movie, he did. And I'm pointing in my head right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved you reneacting know, that final scene. But I, I mean, Return of the Jedi had some great, great moments. Uh, it was a great end to great movies. You know what I really
0: like about Return of the Jedi, too? And this is a little thing. Is, uh Leia's voice when she comes in as the v- bounty hunter. That thing is awesome. I need
1: something like that I can put over my mouth. There's probably an, an sound app for like that. that. There probably is. I need to look it up. You... Yeah. <laughs> Well, while you're looking for that, uh, my favorite one, well, I, I do like Return of the Jedi a lot. In my, my later years, now that I'm in the autumn of my life, I, I I really like The Empire Strikes Back. I almost went with that one. I mean, as as a film, and it's not that, and probably if you would have said Empire, I would have said Jedi. Just so we're not <laughs> talking about the same things. I'm, I'm kidding, but I really like Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the battle on Hoth was such a... Again, like those great—I mean—that's what you know. I remember about the movies. Like the first thing my mind goes to, not necessarily that it was the characters or the worlds. It's the cool Star Wars. I mean, it's it's the battles, and you know that thing on Hoth is just awesome. I mean Mm -hmm. that. I mean, and technically for the time, I mean, in the first Star Wars, uh, they had to do all the things, and they could have strings because it was on black and all this against a white background. And if I understand correctly, they were specific. um, I'm sorry, specifically wrote that scene on a completely white background because they knew it would be a new challenge for the production designers and the special effects guys to let Hmm. them sort of innovate things, which is super cool. But again, Empire has, I mean, great moments. I'm using I mean a lot. We're going to go back and cut out me saying I mean and I like and like a whole bunch of times. Too late. It's too late. I'm I'm ruined, and now you're going to listen to this again and realize how terrible I am the scene on Cloud City and introduces Lando Calrissian who's mm-hmm. such a cool character I mean he starts out as such a jerk and a bad guy much like Han Solo did yep. and has that, that turnaround and it ends on such a down note but not really a down That's note That's
0: what I was going to say is it ends without a big celebration and somebody getting a medal around their leg
1: and everybody ah! There's that no, scene at the very goodness. end where uh, Luke with his new hand and Leia and the droids you know, are looking out as you know, the Millennium Falcon piloted by Lando wearing Han's clothing for some reason Watch that again, like that last scene where Lando and Chewie take off, and Lando cover scene is wearing Han Solo's clothing. I didn't notice it until recently. It's the strangest thing, but, you know, they're flying off, and they just, like, look out the window, and there's this sense of just huge gravity and of things are going to happen, and it sets up the next one so nicely. You
0: you, remi- you remind me of something else when you said, you know, did you notice or whatever. One thing that always cracks me up in uh, in the Episode 3, I almost said the, the first one, but I didn't want to confuse people. You 4? Episode 4. A New Hope. Yeah. I've already turned my Geek in card in. Yeah. So. Give me a driver's license now. <laughs> yeah. And episode 4, the part where R2 and C-3PO are pretending to be locked in the room and... The stormtroopers come in, they're like, oh, he walked us in, or whatever they said. If you watch on the right part (laughs) of the screen, the stormtrooper nails his head against the
1: door, and there's like a thunk,
0: and his head whips back as he walks into the... The thunk was
1: added on later in. Was the thunk added on (laughs) later in? Because it was in the original version, and people were, like, noticing it and talking about it. So in, I think it was the first special edition back in 97, they released, they added a thunk. uh, (laughs) My Similar to that, and this is completely off topic, but in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory uh, with... Gene Wilder, there's actually a very similar thing with the very beginning where the guy is singing about the Candyman, and when he flips up the door to walk out, he nails a little girl square in the middle of the head and just keeps going. So so people get hit in the heads in movies. Apparently so. But the stormtrooper uh, was
0: wearing a helmet. He was wearing a helmet. I'm going to flip back over to the Star Trek side, because again, I was reminded of something. Actually, it was a conversation I think I had this week with one of our technology professors
1: here where a technology work. professor talking about Star Trek?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> For whatever reason, I was trying to talk tell uh, tell him about um, Enterprise, the show Enterprise, sure. and I was trying to tell him how they went back and like a lot of this technology doesn't exist in it. And I think I mentioned that they had the transporter, but nobody wanted to use it. And then he came out. He's like, "Well, you know why they came up with the transporter in the original series And is because." They didn't have the budget to make ships flying from one ship down to a planet, you know, and landing and all that, all these special effects. So the easy way was, like, they're just going to whoop, they're there. And so they came up with the transport. That is
1: really cool. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I mean, so much, we take for granted, was taken from that. And, you know, the view screen, too. Uh, I think even Gene Roddenberry you know, like, when they're, like, watching something on screen. The whole idea was just to make it cheaper so they could have the, you know, the captain like talking to someone and you not see who they're talking to. Oh, no, what else I learned here? Hand me this piece of paper. Because I, I learned this watching a great show called QI recently about sound effects. That's they, the original sound effect for the doors on Star Trek, That's It's running, running paper through other paper. Okay. Might not work the same, but... <laughs> okay, so I got one other thing
0: too, sure. Star Trek related. I don't know, there's the rumors on the internet this week.
1: There's on
0: the internet every About, week. okay, yeah, let me <laughs> get into the About Google's answer to the iPhone Siri. Have you heard about that? I have not. Siri is where you can talk to your oh, phone I know about or Siri. whatever, yeah, and, and tell it to syntax mentions. Thing. Well, apparently Google's answer to that, and I might pronounce it wrong because I gave up my geek card, is Majel.
1: <gasps> really? Yes. After Majel Roddenberry.
0: After Majel Roddenberry. So apparently who, if once Who,
1: we should explain, in case you know, did the voices. I mean, she was... On the original series, she was married to Gene Roddenberry, but she also played Lockdown to Troy, but she was the voice of the computers from Next Generation through Deep Space Nine and part of Voyager. She was the computer voice. Yes. That is awesome. So if you have an Android
0: phone, yeah, uh, you might have a personal assistant on it that sounds like the Star Trek computers.
1: I am all over that. That is so awesome. Isn't
0: that awesome? I hope it turns out to be true.
1: I, I hope so, too.
0: All right. Well, since we've been rambling on for quite a while
1: about Star Trek and Star Wars, we did have... A couple of responses. That's right. We did post uh, this question on the Miscon Facebook group, and if you're not a member, I don't know how you're hearing this podcast then, but, <laughs> but if you're not a member, you should join on the Facebook. Uh, you we, can listen to this on our website. On our website. What's our website? Miscon.org. Miscon.org. Go to About Us. I mean, obviously... Which is
0: apparently not going to be bought out by some Asian consortium. Good. Yeah. Is that going to happen? I got one of those phishing schemes sent to my email, and I sent it to... Keith, and Keith's like, yeah,
1: this is just a scam, or whatever, so, anyway. So we do have some emails, uh, and we will read two of our favorites. All right, I'll let you... I'm I'll, re- I'll read... I'll go ahead, I'll start this one out. Okay, go ahead. So, this one is from uh, Keith, who is our website vice chair. Keith, I'm sorry, Keith, safe. From our vice chair, Keith. And Keith writes, Jonathan and John Bromley. Back in the olden days, they were really tied my mind because they were so different. Star Wars was really high fantasy, nearly Dungeons and Dragons in space better than Star Jammer, which was Dungeons and Dragons in Space. I remember that. It's true. Uh, Star Trek was light future science fiction. Bad things happened, but they all got resolved by the end of the hour. It's a future we can all look forward to where everyone gets along and most people are nice. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm laughing, Keith. Then Guido shot first. Then Guido shot first. (laughs) Okay, then Guido shot first. No. That damaged Han's character as a rogue and scoundrel. His later action made less sense if he only shot in response to Guido. how did Guido miss? At what? <laughs> two feet? Maybe three? It doesn't move the story or clarify anything. Jabba showing up to talk to Han and Chewie before meeting up established relationships and re- reputation and sets characters, and that was interesting. But, but, <laughs> but Guido shouldn't have shot first! Even still, well, okay. It's a little frustrating and disappointing and unnecessary. The threat... To Han's life, and life it was already established in dialogue, but then there was one word—well, one hyphen. It. I agree with you here, Keith. Midi-Chlorians. When you try to apply science, even silly fake pseudoscience to pure fantasy environment, it just breaks. With the introduction of midi-Chlorians, Star Trek definitely takes the lead, and a solid lead at that. Keith, thank you for your email. Yes. That was. I agree. Guido, <laughs> shooting first. Because I—I I mean, Han did shoot first. If you look back at it, Han's character, much like Lando, as we established, was a rogue and a scoundrel, and he just straight up shoots a guy in a bar. Yeah, scruffy looking. And that weird scene where, where Guido...
0: Speaking of midichlorians...
1: Are you done? I'm just jumping in while I have please, a thought in my head. Please jump in, because if I say Guido
0: again... The, uh, the little Qui-Gon would talk into this thing, the little communicator or whatever. People can't see what you're doing with your hand. Oh, well, he would hold it open to his face. <laughs> you can't see this?! Man! Cast began. how do I make people see what I'm doing? He would hold up this little communicator in front of his face that he was talking to to talk back to the ship. You know what that thing was? What's that? It was a woman's razor. <laughs> it was like a, it was whatever the Apple lady razor thing with some nuts and bolts
1: glued onto it. You know... My I, wife has one. Can you communicate with Obi-Wan Kenobi as she walked in on you talking <laughs> into it? I grab it in the shower every morning. And I'm like, are you out there? You know, it's funny. Similarly enough, I, I watched this is a memory from years and years and years ago, but uh, Reading Rainbow, hosted by Lebar- LeVar Burton. I loved Reading Rainbow. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Do you remember that episode where we talked about Star Trek? Because I have not seen that show in years, but as a child, I remember this very Yeah, clearly. I vaguely remember that. He was, like, on the set. Yeah, and, and he showed what, like, parts of the ships oh, were like, made of. Re- Reading Rainbow crossover. Disposable razors are, like, the undersides of some of the little uh, transport ships. Oh, really? Yeah, like, they just would, like, paint them gray, glue them to the bottom. To look at that closely, it, it, it's interesting. Like hair removal products, hair removal science
0: products. fiction is there anything they cannot do? That's right. <laughs> so, thank
1: you for your email, Keith. And we have one more that Jonathan wanted to read. That's right. Uh, subject <clears throat> Star Wars reigns supreme. Be warned. Some of my thoughts Star Wars is the best, it
0: has a lot more organic materials in it than Star Trek does, which I like. I mean, look at Yoda's house. Also, they have Darth Vader and lightsabers. Which are hard to beat. That's a good point. In Star Trek, you just take a human and add a few rubber parts and suddenly you have another race. In Star Wars, you have Yoda. In Star Wars, the spaceships are cool looking. Whatever, they are in Star Trek too. Also, Jawas. Don't forget the Jawas. Justin Barba. Your humble servant in exile. <laughs> you know... Justin, did you let your like little daughter onto the computer to write that?
1: I think Gianna would be a big fan of Yoda. <laughs> I bought her a Yoda doll. That's Yoda why trip. he's taking that side. Because he know, has a little Yoda. I can see what Justin means by, by the ships. Because in Star Trek, the ships have a very sterile feel. I mean, you know, in the new movie, people talk about I-Trek. But I, I love how sort of broken down and put All right, together... the
0: Romulan ships are the coolest looking ships
1: ever. Even the Scimitar. I don't know what that one is. It's the one that uh, <laughs> Picard's clone commanded for the Romulan. I, I don't count that. I was counting the other ones. The ones that actually are good.
0: Yeah, the yeah. cool looking ones. That's what I was going to say earlier. When I was when you we were back and debating which one we like better and I said I want another Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be about the Romulans. Yeah? I wanted it to be, you know, as long as Eric Bana is not allowed near that show. Right. But uh like, you know, very kind of political and scheming and
1: underhanded. You know I, I think, think it would be awesome. a really good idea for a Star Trek show? And I'm not going to say the thing that everyone says because if you ask anyone what the next Star Trek show will be I swear 3 out of 10 people will tell you a show about Kirk's bastard children piloting a spaceship. Like there's the half Orion captain, there's the half Klingon, there's the half Vulcan just of people that he has loved his way through which I'll get to in a second but I think a good idea for a show would be uh, I'm going to call my head Star Trek Federation and it's not necessarily about the Federation its not, you know, like, wagon train in space, as people have, have said the original Star Trek was about. But just almost like an anthology show that connects together all these different plot points. So there can be an episode about the Romulans, but also, hey, here's a here's a space station. Or, you know, here's someone on Earth trying to get by. Like a show of what the world can be while telling compelling stories that still impact us today. Hmm.
0: Almost like a Steven Spielberg alien st-
1: not amazing stories in the Star Trek universe. That would be, yeah, something like that. Where it's all, you know, connected. Maybe there's, like, characters that will show up across multiple ones. Hmm. Paramount. That would go right come, along with what they did. Come see me.
0: Because they'd always have like a start, a, a character from the previous one show up into the next show
1: to kind of launch it out. Like a DeForest know. Kelly was on the first episode of Next right, Generation. Right, right, right. Picard was on Deep Space Nine. Quark was on Voyager. Yeah. And uh, Zephyr Cochran was on Enterprise. Now, here's something I wanted to bring up because I was reminded. People say, oh yeah, Kirk, he, he got around quite a bit. If you break it down, the person who got the most loving in Star Trek was Commander William Riker. That guy (laughs) has done... Okay, my favorite example, this is that planet where they go down to the planet of the androgynous people. He finds the one genetic female on the entire planet (laughs) and makes love to her till she loses her gender. (laughs) That is incredible. That is... Or my other favorite one... All the species are are,
0: of one gender... Riker finds a way.
1: Riker finds a way, or the one where uh, he's uh, setting up, you know, first contact on a on a pre warp planet, and you know he's in the hospital because he's knocked out, and like, well, wait a minute, this guy isn't our species. He has you know, weird fingers, and, and this, and this, and this, and this. Like, he must be an alien. And the nurse, the nurse that like, comes in, the way that Riker escapes from from being dissected and autopsied by this pre warp civilization is the nurse comes in and says, "Access denied." I've always wanted to make love to an alien, and just the look on Riker's face. And then she's like him running away as he escapes. I, I love that. My other favorite... I love it because his name was Jonathan. Jonathan Frakes? Yeah. Speaking of that, on Deep Space Nine, again, I know we're talking about that a lot, but my favorite Star Trek joke, my favorite moment in all of Star Trek, is that scene where, and this is going to make no sense if you don't understand Star Trek, where Thomas Riker, disguised as William Riker, steals the Defiant. And the way that they reveal that it's Thomas Riker, is that he peels his beard away, revealing a goatee. Which... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is sinister. Which means
1: he is evil as a bearded Spock.
0: <laughs>
1: he was working for Rebel Storm. <laughs> so
0: I think that. I think we've gone on enough about this now. <laughs> I feel
1: that altogether, I think that this is what the holidays are about and that spending time with friends. So, <laughs> so at the end of that, at the end of our debate, because. The miscast holiday special is from us, uh, Johnny Dollar and Jonathan Crummett. That's me. That's him. And we want to wish you and yours whatever I'm you may celebrate. I'm still here, despite him talking the whole time. <laughs> just kidding. Ouch. <laughs> I'm Cold give me, I'll give you a hug. He's not really I, hugging me. I'm he's just an on-microphone hug. He's not really hugging me. Okay. He's, he's I just did nodding too. his head and crying. Uh, but we want to wish you and yours a happy Wookiee Life Day, <laughs> or whatever it is you may celebrate. Wookiee Life Day. Ditto. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, oh he only talks too much and you say, Ditto. And live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. And we will be back in the new year with new episodes of Miscast with some special guests, some special events. Folks, thank you so much. Enjoy your holiday. We'll see you next time. Oh.
0: Ha Cold Dinner. She got speed